This is the Dungeon Master's Handbook. Hi, I'm Mike Shorten, also known as Chicago Wiz, and welcome. This is episode 32, an interview with my solo OD&D player, also known as the Princess Wife, also known as Angie. You are my first guest ever. Very exciting. Yeah, that's cool. That's awesome. We're going to have a little interview about my OD&D game that she and I have been playing for 11 years now. I looked at your notebook the other night when we were playing, and right there, the first page is, I couldn't see the month, but it said 09. Yes. <laughs> and it's all yellowed and browned. And <laughs> the whole notebook is. I know. I'm actually starting to run out of my one of my notebooks that I have for the game. Thoughts, chicken scratching. Yeah. Do you remember how we got started 11 years ago? Hmm. <sighs> I don't. I think it was out of boredom. <laughs> well, I had just gotten into or re-gotten into Dungeons and Dragons right about then. It was about 2008 that I started blogging for the first time about Dungeons and Dragons. And then I really picked it up in 2009. And that was also the same year that um, Dad passed away and we went to Gen Con Right, and then the Any Awards. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, so that's the year we got started. Okay. What do you remember of us first starting? I thought it was going to be fun. I didn't know what to expect. Mm -hmm. um, my, my experiences were limited, so I didn't know how it was going to go. What were your experiences with D&D prior to us playing? Being teenagers sitting around a table, much like, <laughs> much like uh, Stranger Things depicts it, you know. Just I was the only girl at the, <laughs> in the table, oh. full of teenage boys. Yeah, that was oh. fun. Yes. <laughs> Do you remember anything from those games? We used to tie them to drinking games, as one does. Yeah, right. You know, I was. Um, Often the target of a salacious romping. <laughs> My shock face. Right, right. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. It, it was really, we spent a whole summer swimming, drinking, playing D&D. Do you remember anything about the game itself? Do you remember, like, was was the person running the game using modules? Was Were they just making up out of their head? I remember the books. I remember the monster manuals. Oh, okay. I mean, this was all... And what, what year was that? What was I want to say 1982 to 1986. Okay. So okay. whatever was available back then. And right. I just remember you... You, you got the books, and you got your piece of paper, and you filled in what you wanted to be, mm -hmm. and yeah. What kind of characters did you usually end up playing? Played a lot of elves, a lot of magic users, and... Um, 
why the boys wanted to be the fighters. I, I guess so. <laughs> That's funny. When I would play, I always wanted to be the magic user or the ranger. Because, you know, Aragorn, yes, Lord of the Rings, yes, you know, yes. the ranger, the loner, the lone wolf. We start playing, and it's just you and I. How? What did you think the game was going to be like with just two people, you being the only player? I didn't know. Um, I was grateful that you had knowledge in your head how to play NPCs because you don't want to feel alone right. in, in playing. I kind of remember feeling excited because I'm like, oh, I get to be what I want to be. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm not stuffed into being the elf anymore. Um, I remember that. You picked a, picked a big tough girl fighter. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and what's your character's name? Ailey. Do you remember what the first adventure was that Ailey went on? I think it was something kind of simple. Mm -hmm. No, I don't. I'll, I'll refresh your memory because I do remember. Okay. <laughs> uh, you were in a city called Westport. I know, real inventive, but it was a city called Westport. And you were looking for work because you were penniless at the time or close to being penniless. And you were hired by a mage who wanted to explore a ruined wizard's tower yes. called Xenopus's Tower. Yes. Do you remember anything from that first dungeon? Yes. I remember the windy stairs up, not knowing what was under the door, mm -hmm. but I charged it anyways. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, okay, maybe my character's going to die. Um, and you didn't. You right. were you were very cautious. Do you remember the room with all of the coffins? That I ran through, said, nope, 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 <laughs> nope, nope, nope. You opened the door <laughs> and shut the door. Are you going to look in the coffins? No, no, I'm not. <laughs> there, Smart. There might be treasure in there. No, no, there's not. <laughs> oh, I, I think I told you later on that it was a pretty big setup that there were creepy crawlies there. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Um, do you remember the mask in Xenopus's tower? The room with the mask that would only talk at certain times during the day. Yes, and we took it out to the sundial. Yeah. It was a puzzle. Mm -hmm. so, so we have played on and off for 11 years. And, and I should make it clear that we haven't played like every week or every other week. Sometimes we've gone years between games. Yeah, we set it down for life happenings. Right, right. Has that been hard? Have you been disappointed? Has it been, you know, when we've had those pauses? I think our lives were pretty full and dynamic at that time. Yeah. But I think that like when I get the itch to play, I I usually see you make time in there when you can. Yeah. Well, I I like that over the past few months we've been doing it more and more. It seems like we're kind of really both excited to do it. I I think that's been the hardest thing for me is 
I have the best intentions of sitting down and playing with you. And then something happens, you know, something with the kids or, you know, the dog goes running down the street or, you know, we end up, it's real late and both of us are, you know, dragging <laughs> ass. And, yeah. Not wanting to, uh, you know, not wanting to sit down and play, but yeah. I have a really dumb question for you. Uh-oh. <laughs> have you ever wanted to learn the rules of D&D? No. I asked this, you probably don't even know what rule set we're playing under, do you? I just know we play OD&D. Right. You've never asked me to learn the rules. Have you ever wanted to learn the rules? I think if I was going to play with someone else besides you, I might need to know a little more. Mm -hmm. And I think that um, I worried about that when we scheduled going to GaryCon, that I was going to have my first opportunity to sit and play with other people. Mm -hmm. And and um, I won't know what they know, but if I sat next to you or whatever, you could help me. But right. I don't think it bothers me here when we play. Would it surprise you to know that we've gone through three different sets of rules? No. <laughs> You're always experimenting with something. What I think is neat is... You and I have figured out a way of playing where you don't have to know the rules. How does that look like from your point of view? To me, it looks like the creativity of the story instead of the slog of the rules, mm -hmm. you know, because then you don't get stuck in um, kind of like a grind. Uh -huh. If you, if you got to go by rules, like... Um, no offense, but when I see the newer editions being played, it sounds like a grind of rules, and it's it's not the creativity of the story. Now, you and I play a new version of the rules when we're playing with the kids. Right. And, and that's fifth edition. Right. And you've got your sheet in front of you, and you have all of these different options. In, and what does that feel like to you when we're playing fifth edition? It feels a lot... A lot like um, dead air. Like when when you're waiting for the rules to be looked up and the, uh -huh. and all all the things. Instead of playing with the story, you've got dead air time. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Um, now I'm gonna have to fix that and <laughs> how I play it. <laughs> I I think that's also a difference of playing together me and you and playing with five people yes you do have to wait your turn yeah and i i don't have to do that with you <laughs> no that's really true there is an immediacy when we play talking about that that it's all about you i've developed some npcs that are kind of long term mm -hmm. so you were hired by a mage named tyrannal yes and Tyrannal has become a kind of a right-hand wizard. Also, in a really strange way, you and I kind of act out our marriage <laughs> through how our characters interact. Right, right. It is kind of funny. Yeah. So you've got Tyrannal, who's an NPC, and then you've got a couple of other henchmen who have been with you for a long time. Yeah, uh, Turchow and Rather. rather. Right, and then you've got some other various people that you've collected in your mm -hmm. posse. Have you ever felt like Tyrannal or Turchow and Rather 
took the game away from you or overshadowed you where like you were kind of playing second fiddle to them? Oh, never. Mm -mm. Why is that? What from your point of view has made it feel like that you were always the main focus? I think it's the yin and the yang of the characters, like you said. Like, Tyrannol, I'm always giving grief because in my head, Ailey thinks all magic users are evil. Mm -hmm. So there's always this, she wants to like Tyrannol, but there's this doubt in her head, but she likes Tyrannol, mm -hmm. but, you know, so I, I play it true to character. And then mm -hmm. to Chow and Rather are like the posse that's going to come through for you. Mm-hmm. I think it's like a cast. Okay. Ra rather than me being above them or below them, they, they're all synergy. Right. I've always felt that Tyrannel can die at any point and I'll move on. I think Ailey would be heartbroken. Oh, I know you'd be heartbroken. <laughs> I know you'd be heartbroken. But me personally, I've always tried to make it so that Tyrannel doesn't tell you what to do. He'll suggest, or mm -hmm. or I will try to say, well, have you thought of this? But I try to make it so that it's really clear to you that you can change your mind. You can do whatever you want. This is just, you know, because sometimes you might not know where to go. You might not know what to do. And in a group setting, usually there's always two or three people throwing in their two cents worth, you know, right, and, right. and, and, I recognize that when it's just you by yourself, it kind of might be a, I've ran out of ideas. What do I do? Yeah, that does happen sometimes. What is something that you remember really well or really vividly from the game? Um, There's a couple of them. I, I remember the first defeating of the first wizard, you know, um... Alexis, mm -hmm. yeah, you know that I was I I thought I was the shit. <laughs> well, you were. <laughs> um, yeah. you gained the Rune Blade that that same set of adventures too. Right. The Rune Blade is a mage killing sword. Yeah. So you remember defeating Alexis? That's cool. What's something else that you remember that really made you like, yeah? Oh God. Um. The the wyverns, those are super cool. I'm like, what am I going to do with all these wyvern tails? <laughs> I'm like, okay, I have 29 wyvern tails. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, because the babies were hatching. Right, right. They're yeah. supposed to be poison, so I thought yeah. I could sell them. Yeah. What's something that really frustrated you or made you mad? Oh. <laughs> I should note that this is where she's giving me the, that look. <laughs> the puzzle with the door was stuck in the room mm -hmm. and had to solve the puzzle of the door. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You also had to solve the puzzle of the three uh, pieces of the key in order to find the tower. That was fun. Where do you see this? Where do you see your character going? What do you see her doing? Oh, God. I've often wondered if there's like the end to the story. Mm hmm. But you hope there's not going to be. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right now, we're trying to make a giant army. And that's one of Ailey's favorite things to do. <laughs> Hopefully seeing lots of dragons. Yeah. It's neat to see you travel to these different areas and these different things that 
I've only imagined in my head, but it's neat now. And, and I've planted several seeds, you know, the elven lands. Right. The lands to the east that are mysterious and jungle-like, you know, Freeland with the halflings and gnomes and dwarves living together. So you're like, where is she going to go? <laughs> right, because I never know. You know, all I do is, is I put the things out there and you quite often surprise me, which I love. <laughs> which is funny when you'd be like, okay, we're going to end right here <laughs> yep. so I can go off and write some more. <laughs> Figure out what's coming next. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I did a fun experiment on Reddit. Um, I did a... What would you like to ask my wife about this one-on-one -on -one game? Illith Illich asks, actually, this is something I have considered something like this with my wife. I know you are experienced outside of the space. What is your wife's experience in the hobby? Is this something she just does with you? You already talked a little bit about your experiences, but right. do, are you interested in gaming with other people or gaming in other games? I don't know. Um, I used to say no, and I think that has a lot to do with um, what we were talking about earlier, the patience mm -hmm. and and playing with other people. And I can be a little strong-headed. <laughs> no. <laughs> so... Um, I, I was hoping to find out, so maybe I will, mm -hmm. since we didn't go to GaryCon, right. you know, find another game or something and, and see how that goes. Sure, sure. And you're getting some of that experience by playing in the 5e right. campaign. Right, Although sometimes it feels like we're just, we're there for the ride. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. Suffering Maguka or Magusa says, um, you should ask her what her favorite moment was, which you answered. Right. What about Apsu when, when you were you were given your dragon? What did oh, you think? Very excited about that. I mean, even naming him, I you were surprised how I came up with the mm -hmm. with the names and um I did a lot of research and found out a lot of neat backstory to that name. Mm -hmm. So that that was very exciting. Also, Suffering Magusa wants to know, what would you like to see more of in the game? I, I like the battles where you have to think about it. <laughs> uh, Suffering Magusa also asks, what was your least favorite moment? I have to go back to the puzzle with the door. <laughs> what about when I took the dragon stones from you? Oh, I was pissed off. Pissed off. Well, I didn't take them, of course. The... the, the <laughs> Evil mage NPC took them from you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, pretty pissed about that still. Thanks. Thanks, was, honey. You're welcome. <laughs> that was a battle where you actually saw mages use their full powers on you because they charmed a couple of your members and they webbed some of the other ones and right. they split you up and had you all running all over the place. It was a it's a it's a pretty tough battle for you. It was a huge lesson too. Yes. Lesson is you kill the mages right quick. <laughs> and you hold on to your own shit. Bantutu wants to know, have you played in game have you played in games with people you know less less well? What was your impression? 
I don't think you've played in any other games except ours, but I know you've listened in to a lot of my AD&D games over the years. What's been your impression of hearing other games being played? There, there's, there's a lot of laughter going on. <laughs> I, I hear your funny voices from the basement. Uh, Bantutu also asks, really good question, would you ever run a game for me? Would you ever want to be the dungeon master? Then I'd have to learn the rules. That's true. You would. Right. Because no. I see the look on your face like, yeah. No. <laughs> would you ever run a game for me if there was a way that you could kind of not need the rules or say, here's the situation, and go through that? Would you ever want to do anything like that? I I think after playing in your games, I'm not sure that's my forte. Oh. And then the nearest stranger um, asks, I'd love to hear you guys discuss how you manage making the system, meaning Dungeons and Dragons, work for one-on-one -on -one play, particularly any struggles or unexpected moments you've had with it. What do you think you've struggled with the most because you're the only player? Oh, running out of ideas or having other experiences. Mm -hmm. um, when, when, like you said, when you sit at a table with a bunch of different people, they're bouncing ideas off of each other. Mm -hmm. I know for you, you have a fine line of being the DM and the NPC. There are times when I'm like, okay, I'm not smart enough to get this puzzle myself. And then the NPC will, will help. Right. I've never wanted you to walk away totally frustrated. And I learned some lessons off of the first couple of times we ran puzzles was one to... Find puzzles not in like, I have to solve this thing to open a door, but a puzzle like, how am I going to win this battle? Or yes. how am I going to um, make the situation work for me? You know, like when you went to Zayport and you had to help negotiate with the... Um, with the Synod's representative in order to bribe them to get them to allow you to approach the tower. Right. You know, and, and you were trying to figure out how to serve the food and make <laughs> things seem rich, you know, mm -hmm. and, and, you know, I wasn't going to have Tyrannel give you the solution. He kept asking, well, what do you think? What do you think we should do? You know, mm -hmm. you're like, and, and you were like, well, I could see you think about how could I bribe someone? So those kinds of stories versus the puzzle of, you know, here's a bunch of letters. You have to rearrange them kind of thing. I've, I've moved away from that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And because you can picture it in your head if, if you have options. Like, right. okay, I've got food trays. Okay, let's... Just start laying money trays in front of the guy. See what happens. Mm -hmm. No, it worked. And it so, worked very well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that is my biggest fear is putting a situation in front of you where I have to break that barrier because you might get so frustrated. And learning what you like about the game, mm -hmm. which is, you know, the combat, the action, the, the, the interacting with people and that kind of thing versus the, uh, you know, like the puzzles or, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. The hardest thing for me is when we get to combat, 
because if Ailey dies, <laughs> somebody's sleeping on the couch. <laughs> it, it every time you go into combat, I have to go. Well, you know, and I won't fudge the dice. No, because I want I want this to mean something to you. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I have backup plans in case <laughs> in case that that does happen. Good, good idea. Good yeah, idea. I have backup plans for for how that might happen. So, but n- nobody that really truly loves a a win wants it handed to them, right? And 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 I know you know that. Right. So how how can you savor the win if you think you've had it handed to you? Right. Right. The fight that you had with the snake people when you were you were coming back from the insect people you were in, because you had found out that they were getting raided by the by some snake people yes and then the snake the the evil snake people attacked you yeah from preventing from seeing the snake people's queen to say hey it's you know somebody in your camp is is doing this yeah i and they were kicking everybody's ass. And, you know, I watched two of your hirelings die. Right. And and you were low on hit points. And I'm yes. like, oh, boy, this is not going to end well. But you guys managed to pull it out. I was I was getting ready to sacrifice Tyrannal. <laughs> oh. I can usually see on your face when it's going to be... <laughs> A really heady battle. Oh, oh, that'll be fun. (laughs) There's a little bit of apprehension. Oh, my God. Here we go. It doesn't really kick in until I start seeing your folks fall. Yeah. Then that's the, okay. Right. Yeah. But the thing of it is I'm in the thick of the game. Mm -hmm. Rather than worrying about points or dice or whatever, because you've got the rules, I'm in the thick of the story. I'm completely submerged into I'm in battle, mm-hmm. which is really neat. I will say, though, that I, I do love your attention to detail and how much gold you have. <laughs> but the gold makes the posse. I, I get it. But it, it's just fun to watch the accountant come out and, you, and you're like, I've got this ledger and I have this and here's the money's here. And I think we have to do a, a bookkeeping night sometime. To- I've I've got it. Oh, I know. You just have to total it all up. Yeah. <laughs> But, yeah, for me, the money makes the posse. So let me ask you a question. Do you have any questions for me about our game? So how are you going to feel if you kill Ailey? I'm going to be crushed. Oh. I am going to... And, and I don't kill characters. The dice kill characters. <laughs> I just narrate the results. Well. That's my story and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> yeah. I, I will be heartbroken um because this has been 11 years that you and i have had this inner not a solid 11 years Mm -hmm. but you know i've thought about this game and what's going on and how it plays out and what's going on at the time and i would feel terrible um you know it would really suck but that's kind of the thing for me too is is I live vicariously through what you do and how you experience the world so I'm going to feel that same kind of emotion. I'll cry and then I'll be like what's next? 
and then I'll cry going, how do I dig myself out of this one? <laughs> What's another question you want to ask me? What's your favorite part of playing duo D&D? You know I love to explore. I mean, that's one of the reasons why we like to travel together as we go to new places. For me, this is exploring the world in my head. And I see it to your eyes, and then I experience it. And, and then I get to present more areas and more things and more people and more stuff for you to experience. And then you do, and the experiencing of it is never usually how I, I map it out, you know, or how I anticipate it. No. Um, you know, because even though DMing for me in part is kind of setting up the situation, there's still in my head kind of running, well, it's likely to go like this way or it's, you know, it's likely to go. You kind of do that because you want to have answers ready. The actual happening is never like how, how I want, you know, how I see it in my head. So I, I get to do that. And that's that's wonderful. So how does it feel when the player goes in a completely different direction? It's like kids. You just know it's going to happen. And, and usually you have something in the back of your head or you have the, okay, well, we're going to take a break and then I'm going to figure out what's <laughs> going to go on. Or I have my dice. I will oftentimes, if you throw something, you know, I'll throw a couple of dice and be like, okay, you know, it's almost like a heads we do this, tails we do that kind of moment. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. This was fun. Yes. I like this. Uh, thank you. One more question. Okay. What have you not done with your games yet that you hope to do? With just yours? Any. <sighs> yours, it would be play more of it. Mm -hmm. um, that is something that, you know, I know this sounds... Maybe kind of, I don't know, troubling, but considering the world that we're living in right now with Corona, um, we're not getting any younger. You know, I, I worry that something may happen and we won't have experienced certain points that in my head, you know, we might reach. You know, I kind of want to see what happens. Do you bring dragons in? Do you find all the stones? Do you confront Calypso? You know, do you do all of these things, you know, or what happens? So I worry about that. And I, and I worry about that being lost either because of you or because of me. Um, and, and so that would be something that I, I want to do more of. Aside from that, I I counted today, I'm involved in seven different games. I think I'm pretty good on fulfilling all of my creative outlets. Um, aside from winning the lottery and being able to do it, you know, full time without having to worry about work, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. So I will see you in a little bit. All right. Well, that's our interview. I hope you all enjoyed it. And if you have more questions, hey, shoot me an email, leave me a message on Anchor, uh, leave me a voicemail on the number that's in the show notes. 
I will also link to an old wiki that I put together for the Veil campaign. Uh, it hasn't been updated in a long time. It was something I was doing more for myself. And since I've moved a lot of my documentation to Google Drive, I don't update it as much, but at least you'll get an idea of what, uh, what the world that I'm taking Angie through is like. All right. Until next time, game on.